Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. I want to start out this week talking about Gen Con. As of right now, Gen Con is less than two weeks away. It's going to start a week from Thursday, August 4th, and run through Sunday, August 7th. We know what the events are from the Gen Con website. General Manager John Clace talked about that on a recent episode of Talk of the Universe. Thursday night, a singles event, Stipulation Mayhem. Friday night, tag team event. Saturday night, World Heavyweight Championship event, also a singles event. Sunday afternoon, tornado tag team event. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday afternoons, we have the convention series, with Saturday being the Play Pure Tournament for the Play Pure Championship. There are also a couple of new player events. Most people listening to this show have been playing for a while, so I don't expect a lot of my listeners to be interested in the new player events. But you might be. You might want to join. Those are happening Friday and Saturday, about an hour before the tournament series starts. Check the Gen Con website for dates and times. As far as I can tell, As of right now, there are still tickets available for those events. SRG Universe always encourages people to buy tickets for the specific events. This is because the more tickets that are bought, the more they're able to go to Gen Con and argue for Play Space. Play Space is at a premium at Gen Con, so the more tickets they sell, the higher the number of attendees they have, the easier it is for them to argue that they need a certain degree of play space. They need so many tables because they can show we're getting this many people coming to the events. I don't know if you can use generics. For people who haven't gone to cons, you buy tickets or you can buy generics. Usually one generic is worth $2. Most events are multiples of $2. And then you'd give those generics to the event runner in lieu of the tickets. The dollar amount, if it's a $2 event, you give them one generic. If it's a $6 event, you give them three generics. You get the idea. Again, if you can buy specific tickets, it is better for the event for SRG Universe if you buy specific tickets rather than use generics. I don't know if like they did at Origins, they're going to run a trios event at the same time as the Tornado Tag and try to do both. I would hope that any events they decide to run that are not listed on Gen Con's website, they get those published as soon as possible. As of right now, there are two episodes of Talk of the Universe before Gen Con starts. One of those, though, is on the eve of Gen Con. It is the Wednesday before Gen Con starts. To me, 
that is too late. All of the major Gen Con information revolving around what people are going to be playing needs to be out. People need to know what they need to pack for Gen Con. They need to know if they're doing a tornado event, they need the tornado team. If they're doing a play pure, they need a play pure deck. People need to know what they're going to play so they can pack accordingly. With that being said, there was in the chat of the most recent episode of Talk of the Universe a post from Loudmouth Leo Larynx, the current general manager of the Hardcore Championship, that he is going to run a body swap boogaloo slash Freaky Friday event at Gen Con where the winner will receive a future shot at the Hardcore Championship. No date or time information has been given. We don't have any more details than that's going to be there. That's not listed on the Gen Con website. So, if you would like to participate in Loudmouth Leo's event, make sure you have a deck ready for that. Hopefully, that information gets posted soon, too, because people need to know what they need to bring to Gen Con to be able to participate in that event. That's all the news I have about events for Gen Con, releases for Gen Con. There may be some competitor releases. Nothing's been put out yet, but look for that to get announced in the next couple of weeks. SRG Universe does not like to talk about cards or competitors being released until they physically have them so they know they, they can actually present those to players. They have announced that a large portion of the Kickstarter products will be available, so it is potentially possible that you could, if you are attending Gen Con, pick up your Kickstarter release. Now, this excludes, for example, certain created content. I know that players have until the end of this month, July 31st, to get all of their created content from the Kickstarter submitted. So any Altart content you purchased, that needs to be sent to SRG Universe. Any of the creative competitor stuff, that should have been sent. The deadline is July 31st. So if you created an Altart card as part of the Kickstarter, you need to send that Altart and what card you want to SRG Universe. Use the created content form on supershowthegame.com. Your order number is 2022 and your backer number. So if your backer number 50, your order number will be 202250. Get those sent in if you want to get your created content on time. That's not going to be part of the Kickstarter release, but other things may be available at Gen Con, so people may be able to pick those up at Gen Con, or they might get mailed out. We'll just have to see. The last bit of Gen Con news I want to talk about for this week is the COVID-19 policy for Gen Con. I talked about this for Origins and for other conventions. I want to talk about this again here. I'm going to give you most of this information from the Gen Con website. Some of this I had to reach out directly to Gen Con for. Check out the Gen Con website, though. 
for more information than what I give you, it's mostly listed there. So, in general, you're going to need to be fully vaccinated and wear an approved face covering to attend Gen Con. For face coverings, per the website, Gen Con is recommending people use a properly fitted N95 or KN95 mask. Outside of that, your face covering must, at a minimum, fit properly and closely on the face without any gaps along the edges or around the nose. They are specifically not allowing masks made of mesh materials, costume masks alone. You can wear a costume mask in addition with an approved face covering, but not by itself. You can't use a face covering that has holes or that is damaged. You can't use a neck gaiter. You can't use a bandana or any face covering that can't be secured under your chin. And you can't use a face covering with a respirator or an exhalation valve. I'm going to, based on my reading this, say that anything face covering wise that was okay at Origins should be okay here. But they are specifically recommending N95 or KN95 masks. That's what they're talking about, about face coverings. For vaccination, they're requiring people to be fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated, as they define it, is the same way that Origins defined it. If there's a two-dose vaccine, like the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine, you have to have had both doses. If it's a single-dose vaccine, like the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, you have to have had that one dose. These must be completed within 14 days of Gen Con starting. So at this point, it's actually too late to get a vaccination because we're inside of that window. Hopefully, if you are going to get vaccinated to attend, you did so prior to me saying this. I apologize for not getting this to you earlier. I should have realized that. I did not. You are not required to have booster shots, but they do recommend people having booster shots. You will need to bring documentation that you are fully vaccinated to the convention. This is going to be either a government-issued vaccination record, either the physical paper card or a photograph of that card. Or, and I've never heard of this, there's something called a clear health pass. If you have this clear health pass, you can use that to provide proof of vaccination for going to Gen Con. When you arrive at Gen Con, before you pick up your badges, you're going to need to get a wristband that shows that you have verified your vaccination status. There are going to be vaccination verification stations on site where you'll have to demonstrate the proof of vaccination. You also have to have a government-issued photo ID. Unless you're under 18, you don't need the ID. You will, as far as I understand from what I'm reading here, need the vaccination proof. Once you present that proof, you will get a wristband. You must wear this wristband for the entire convention. That is your proof 
that your vaccination status is verified. You're going to have to get your vaccination wristband individually in person. You can't pick it up for somebody else. You can't say if you're a parent, get it for a child, a husband, get it for a wife. Any kind of relationship like that, each person has to individually present their information to the people at the vaccination verification stations to get your vaccination wristband. And then once you have, you'll be allowed to get your tickets from Will Call, your badges from Will Call. You'll be allowed to enter Gen Con and any Gen Con controlled spaces. Now, exceptions to the vaccination policy. I reached out to Gen Con to find out about exceptions to their policy. I asked about both medical and religious exemptions. They did not give me any information on medical. They do have on their website that if you are unable to comply due to a disability, you can either contact customer support, 206-385-1967 is the number, or you can email Gen Con for this. The email address is customerservice at GenCon.com. So if you have a medical or disability that would prevent you from being vaccinated, that's what you would do for a medical exemption. Here's what you need to do for a religious exemption. I'm just going to read this pretty much from the email I received from GenCon customer service. Some of it will be quotes. Some of it will just be me giving the gist of it. But here's what you need to do per Gen Con if you would like to get a religious exemption to the vaccination policy. First, you're going to have to request the exemption on site. You cannot ask for it in advance. You're going to be requesting the exemption upon arrival to Gen Con. There is a special services kiosk that's located next to the customer service kiosk in the Wabash East Concourse. You'll go to this kiosk. You will request an exemption to the vaccine requirement based on your religious beliefs. You will be required to provide two things upon this request. First, you're going to need to provide proof of a negative COVID test. The test needs to be taken within 48 hours of your arrival to Gen Con or 48 hours prior to the official start of Gen Con. The official start of Gen Con per the email is 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time on August 4, 2022. This test must be taken within the later of the two. So, if you're going to arrive on Friday, it has to be within 48 hours of your arrival time. The test must be either an antigen test or a nucleic acid amplification test. You can't use a home test, a self-administered test, rapid test. It has to be one of those two tests. You have to provide proof of this test. I believe this is going to be physical paper proof, so you'd have to print out your test results. I'm not 100% sure looking at this email if 
a photograph would be fine. I think I would print it out. The other thing, and this is why I think I'd print it out, the other thing is you must provide a signed written statement stating that your religious beliefs are in opposition to the immunization requirements. So you're going to have to provide this written statement. The written statement must contain, at a minimum, the following. It must have your name, address, and phone number on it. That's requirement one. Number two, it has to have a statement that you are asserting that you have a sincerely held religious belief or religious conviction that prevents you from receiving the COVID-19 vaccination or vaccine. Third, and this to me is where I think they're going too far. I think this third one is kind of a ridiculous requirement. The third requirement is you must affirm or agree that you have never received a vaccine or medicine from a healthcare provider as an adult. That to me is an insane requirement. Just going off the top of my head, I'm aware of people who have religious objections to blood transfusions. I'm aware of people having religious objections to medical products that have been grown in fetal cell tissue. Just because people have religious objections to certain things in medicine, it doesn't mean they reject medicine as a whole. And this third statement almost feels like they're asking people who request a religious exemption to the COVID-19 vaccine must also fully reject all types of medication. I mean, I'm sure there are people who reject the COVID-19 vaccination who would get surgery and would be anesthetized, who get infections or illnesses and get you know, painkillers or antibiotics, you know, aspirin for blood thinners, all different types of heart medication. To say that those people are now eliminated from requesting a religious exemption at Gen Con because they take those pills, because they maybe had a root canal and the doctor gave them some Novocaine or some nitrous oxide, to say that they cannot request a religious exemption, to me that's too far. That is a ridiculous overreach in the policy. Also, the period of time being adulthood. The idea if you have, as an adult, taken a vaccine, and then in the future you have a religious conviction against vaccines, if you've converted later in life, the idea that they would not accept your request to be religiously exempt from the vaccine policy because way before you came to those religious beliefs, you did things that violate this third statement. Again, I think this is a ridiculous overreach of their COVID-19 policy. And to me, this is going to be quite dissuasive for people who would want to go to Gen Con and request a religious exemption to be able to go in. Statement number three, I think, is ridiculous. The other statements so far, and the final statement I'm about to give you, I think are within the bounds of reasonableness. Statement number three here, ridiculous. But let's give you statement number four. Statement number four, you, and you give your name, 
have read and understand Gen Con's COVID-19 vaccination policy and understand the implications of choosing to exempt yourself from vaccination. So, to recap, for religious exemption, you have to test negative for COVID within 48 hours of attendance. You have to bring proof of that negative test with you. And you have to bring a written, signed statement with at least those four statements in the written document. If you do that, presumably they will grant you your religious exemption. They'll give you a wristband to attend. I don't know if it's a different wristband or if it's the same wristband as the other vaccinated people. But that is the current COVID-19 policy for Gen Con. I think one last thing personally for Gen Con, I'm going to try to go. That is my intention. I am planning to go. Hopefully nothing will come up at the last minute that prevents me from doing that. If you're going to be at Gen Con and I have not gotten you to sign one of my competitor sets that you have, if you have a competitor in the game, please let me know. I would appreciate that. The more I know, the less I have to pack guessing who may or may not be there. That would help me a lot. If you don't want that to be public, just reach out to me privately. I will not make that public. I know some people want their attendance at SRG events to be a surprise. I will not violate that surprise. The next story I want to talk about is going to be the 2021 Create a Competitor competition. The last match in round two has completed. It completed last Saturday, a week ago Saturday. The winner, a slight surprise, but I knew it was close, Harvey Luster. So Harvey Luster will join Johnny Correa, Lauren Santiago, Vicious Vic Vandal, JAC, and Time Bomb Tim in round three. In addition, there have been two wildcard picks. The first wildcard pick, Harvey Luster's opponent in match number six, Private Cuddles. The other wildcard pick, Johnny Correa's opponent in the first match of round two, the Master Strategist. So, Johnny Correa, Lauren Santiago, Vicious Nick Vandal, JAC, Time Bomb Tim, Harvey Luster, the Master Strategist, and Private Cuddles are your top eight in the 2021 CCC. As a result of making the top eight, Brian Schmidt will design a logo for free for each of these eight competitors. He's already designed the Time Bomb Tim logo and the Lorne Santiago logo that was featured on a recent episode of Expanding the Universe. Those don't stay up long, so if you wanted to check that out, I'd recommend going twitch.tv slash srguniverse. Find that episode and check it out because those episodes don't stay up forever. They go away after a certain amount of time. As far as what's going on in round three, Patrick Mulligan has announced that he will say what the format for round three and who the matchups in round three are next week. Now, hopefully, there is enough time between the time that is announced 
and the time the first match of round three starts. Because, and this is especially true if it's going to be the Facebook tag round, people need time to work out the logistics. So I'm hoping there's, I would hope at least a week, maybe more for people to prepare. I would actually hope, because Gen Con is in less than two weeks, they lay out the format and the matchups next week. They take that week and Gen Con week off, and then round three starts the week after Gen Con. I would like that best. I think that would be the cleanest for everyone involved. We'll just have to see. But hopefully that announcement is made with plenty of time for people to figure out what they need to do in round three, especially if it's a tag round. I can tell you from having done the tag round in the past, logistics are not great. There's a lot of work. And so for people who have never made it this far and looking at this list, outside of Vicious Vic Vandal and JAC, I don't believe any of the other top eight have gotten to a round three. And actually, JAC has never gotten past a round two. So only one person has gotten three rounds deep in the CCC in this round. So I would suggest because these people are not going to be familiar with this part of the process, the remaining top eight, that they get ample time to see what they need to do for round three. Those are the big stories from this week. There were a couple of big championship matches this week. There were a couple of announcements for future championship matches. Let me go through those, and then I will go through the online tournaments from this past week. I'll start with Wednesday. Wednesday night, after Talk of the Universe, the Underworld slash Real Tag Team Championship was on the line. The champions going into this match, Impact's team, James Booker, and the replacement for Kid Thunder, John Polvrino, Press 1P. They took on the challengers, the Crime Wave team of Jokerfish and Wrench Monkey. James Booker playing as the Mad One. Press 1P as Aerial Lipstick. Jokerfish as the Angler. And Wrench Monkey as Night Terror. Night Terror uses his gimmick to blank the Mad One's gimmick. So the Mad One, unless he can unblank his gimmick, will not be able to reduce somebody's hand size permanently from the game. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Mad One's gimmick, just going off the top of my head. When he has rolled all six of his skills for turn rolls during the match, during his turn, the opponent he's chosen will randomly bury half of the cards in their hand. I believe it's rounded up. And then for the remainder of the game, their hand size is permanently halved. Runch Monkey blanked that gimmick, so that took that away. Of course, the Mad One could continue to count his skills because if he achieved rolling all six skills, and eventually unblanked his gimmick, he could trigger it. This match ends up going to Crowdmere 2. Quite a long match. In the end, the winners, still LFF real slash Underworld Tag Team Champions, James Booker and John Polverino. Congratulations to them for retaining that championship. This sets up Booker potentially becoming the holder of both tag team championships as he 
and Brad Iyer will face Chris Pate and Sean Loeb at Gen Con for the LFF Tag Team Championship. The other championship match from this week, the World Heavyweight Championship was on the line. Las Vegas, Nevada, the MGM Grand, Eddie Fury, the champion, playing as Eddie Fury, versus Bob Dunn, the challenger, playing as Big Bad Bobby D. The story to me of this match was Bob Dunn's Big Bad Bobby D's strike finish. The strike finish, when it was stopped, could pick up a card that was in play and play it again. Bob Dunn was able to use that when his strike finish was stopped to pick up a chug-a-chug-a-chug-a-chug-a-chug-a-chug that he then played and was able to immediately get the strike finish back to his hand. He was able to therefore play the strike finish two turns in a row, forcing Eddie Fury to use two of his three strike stops and actually bump the crowd meter up to crowd meter one. Eventually, Bob Dunn is able to get back that strike finish. At crowd meter one, he hits it, rolls an 11. Eddie Fury is unable to kick out. Bob Dunn becomes the new world heavyweight champion of the legendary fighting federation. Congratulations to him. This match was a no disqualification match, but from what I can recall, that never really came into play during the match. That format really did not matter. And we have a new world heavyweight champion, Bob Dunn, top player in the game, has had the shot at this championship before. He did not achieve it then. He has achieved it now. He is the new LFF World Heavyweight Champion. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to Eddie Fury on a great reign. He was a great champion. Those were the championship matches from this week. There were three announcements for future championship matches. The first, the Underworld Championship. Kirk Polka, the current Underworld Champion, will face as his challenger at Gen Con, Ken Fouché, the man behind the Grim Librarian. So that's going to be happening in just under two weeks. The winner of that match will face Ant West. No date and time on that, but Ant West, the next contender after the Gen Con match. For the Deep South Tag Team Championship, there's been a new team announced to be the next challengers for the new champions, the Mop Boys, having won the championship at Southern Fried Gaming Expo. The Mop Boys will face McPeak Inc. Date and time to be announced, but that is the next matchup for the Deep South Tag Team Championship. And then finally, next Wednesday, that's the 27th of July as I record this, after Talk of the Universe, the LFF Tornado Tag Team Championship will be on the line. The current champion, Ryan Pierce, with Polka Dot Tea Party, will take on the challenger, Alec Ventresca, playing as L Super Sons. That is the next matchup. It's also been announced that the Nightmare King, with Madman Fulton and Sammy Callahan, 
will be a future contender for the LFF Tornado Tag Team Championship. I don't know if he will be the next contender or if there are people in line ahead of him for the belt, but he is a future contender for the LFF Tornado Tag Team Championship. Congratulations to him for that. Congratulations to all the winners. Congratulations to all the people who are getting shots at belts. Now let's talk about the tournaments from this past week. We will start Monday. Recently, Mondays have been Monday Night Boss Fights. He's kind of taken over since the Dread Pirate tech support can't run Proving Grounds on Monday nights anymore. Not regularly anyway. However, this week, the SRG boss was coming back from Kineticon. He had some car trouble. He did make it home. But Monday night, Matt Barone steps in and runs the Monday night tournament. I don't have a lot of details on this, but there were 10 players in the tournament. And after everything was said and done, the top three were in third place, playing as Ricky Riot, Chris Pate. In second place, playing as Polly the Pigeon Picone, Ken Fouché, and the winner, playing as Deputy Dango, Daniel O'Connor. I'm not sure if he's screaming Danchi or not, but Daniel O'Connor wins Monday night. Congratulations to him for that victory. Next up, Thursday. We have Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. As far as I know, coming into this, Chris Pate had won two of these in a row. It had been mentioned earlier that the grump Danny Thunder had won five of these Thursday Night Tournaments in a row. As a result, he will get a shot at some point in the future for the LFF World Heavyweight Championship unless... Somebody can equal his feet. If somebody does, that person gets the shot instead. Chris Pate going into this week had won two, was three away from equaling that shot. This particular Thursday night fights had 20 players. Four groups, five players per group. Each person in the group played the other four. Top two records from each group advanced into the top cut. So we have Eight competitors in the top cut. The top four in this event end up being in fourth place, playing as the Master Chef, the new competitor based on Lauren Polverino, Lauren Polverino's husband, John Polverino. In third place, playing as one of his favorite competitors, Theo the Greek Neo, Chris Pate. Chris Pate, very close to going three in a row, but does not make it out of the semifinals, but does win the third place match to take third in this event. The finalists are the Cannoli as Silent J and the Cheetah as Gia de los Muertos. The winner for Thursday night, now needing to win the next four he plays in to potentially get a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. The Cheetah with Gia de los Muertos. Congratulations to the Cheetah for his victory in Thursday Night Fights. Friday, the Cannoli runs a Christmas in July event. From what I understand, this event featured multiple special guest referee matches. There were 25 players in this event. They played, from what it looks like, 
four rounds of Swiss. And after those four rounds, they cut to a top eight. The top four in this end up being in fourth place, Nick Nimble. In third place, Matt Barone. The finalists were Split and Brian Lee, who many of you will more than likely know better as Johnny Korea. The winner, Brian Lee. Congratulations to him for winning Cannoli's Christmas in July event. Saturday, there is a Tornado Tag Team Tournament. This is a free tournament. It's free because on the most recent episode of Talk Universe, the show had a goal to get 100 Twitch subscribers that month. They hit that goal. They got 35 subscribers in that one episode. So the SRG boss decides to host a free Tornado Tag Team Tournament. I don't know how many players there were. I do know that the opening matches were group stages. It looks like they were four players per group. And based on what I'm seeing here, there was a cut to a top. 12. So that suggests to me six groups, 24 players, cut to a top 12. Four players ended up receiving a bye into the quarterfinal round of the top cut. So for the other eight, they played off in a special guest referee match with Ginny as the special guest referee. This match after the first breakout. Jumped up to crowd meter two, so went crowd meter zero to crowd meter two, and then presumably normal the rest of the way. The winners in that round joined the four players who had a bye, and they faced off in either a Zonda or Jin the Heavy special guest referee match. I'm not familiar with those competitors, I suspect they are new competitors. That tends to happen in these boss events again. After the first breakout, the match jumps to crowd meter two. In the semifinals, also special guest referee. Again, competitors I have not heard of. Pang or Shui, I believe is how you pronounce it, are the two different special guest referees. Same thing after the first breakout, match jumps to crowd meter two. And then the finals, also special guest referee, Silva or Black Scorpion 2. Not familiar with those competitors. This match started at crowd meter one, so there was no jump. It just started at crowd meter one. The two semifinalists who did not make the finals were Bobby Ohio playing as Girthquake and Lawman Nick playing as the Law and Paw Connection. The finalists were Stephen Owen playing as the Sawyer Brothers and the Nightmare King playing as Madman Fulton and Sammy Callahan with the winner, the Nightmare King, playing as Fulton and Sammy. This is why I think he ended up getting that shot, future shot for the LFF Tornado Tag, because of his success here. I did not see that specifically mentioned anywhere, but it makes the most sense to me that that is what happened. This brings us to Sunday night. Earlier Sunday afternoon, it was confirmed that there was going to be a Sunday night fights 
match card. One of the matches we knew, not because anyone officially associated with Sunday Night Fights mentioned it, but because one of the participants in the match, the Nightmare King, promoted it. So I'm happy to see somebody promoting a match for Sunday Night Fights. The match was a tag team match. The Nightmare King and Split versus Candyman and the Screaming Danchi. Unfortunately, and I'm not 100% sure why, I suspect technical difficulties, but the Nightmare King was not able to make this match. Which looks bad when you're the only one promoting it that you don't make it. I'm still glad he promoted it, though. So, D1 steps in at the last minute. So, D1 as Lily Mai and Split as Davy Richards face off against Candyman as Candyman and the Screaming Danshee as Chamomile T. In a match that goes all the way to crowd meter six, a deep tag team match, the winners here, Split and D1, the Freak Show, defeat Candyman and the Screaming Danshee. Congratulations to them. The second and final match of Sunday Night Fights is an LFF Trios Championship match. Again, why we're having championship matches with no build-up or promotion baffles me, but we had one again. Rowdy Ron, the Trios Champion with Think Tank, versus the Challenger, the Beast Michael Kerr, with the Elite. Michael Kerr won the Trios Contender Tournament, which is why he's getting this shot. This was a good match. It went to crowd meter one. The winner, new champion, the Beast Michael Kerr. Now, I'd reported previously that the next contender for the Trios Championship would be current underworld champion, the phenomenal one, Kirk Polka. Michael Kerr, the new champion, will not be at Gen Con, which is where that match was supposed to happen. So that match isn't happening at Gen Con. It will happen at some point after Gen Con. There's also been the next contender announced for the Trios Championship. The next contender after Kirk Polka is going to be Brian Wait-For-It-Schmidt. So congratulations to him for making that contender list. He will get a shot to become, I believe, a two-time Trios Champion. While Sunday Night Fights was going on, the Cheetah announced a Trios pop-up event. That event is currently ongoing, so I don't have results to give you for this week. I will have to give you those results on next week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I'd like to give them to you tonight. I can't give you those and get this published on time, so this is going to be this week's show. With that being said, I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and good day.